Hello, Jazz Session listeners. I am Jason Crane, host of the Jazz Session, announcing the 100 by 300 campaign. That's right, my goal is to get 100 members by the 300th show to keep the Jazz Session going, and you can join very easily. Just visit thejazzsession.com and click on either the join link at the top of the page or the one on the side of the page. There are monthly levels starting at 10 bucks a month. There are yearly levels starting at $110 a year. Please join the people who have already become members and help keep the Jazz Session going. The Jazz Session receives no external funding from any source uh, up to and including All About Jazz, and that means for me to keep doing it, I need you. Thousands and thousands of you listen to every show, and if you could find the uh, the cost of maybe two cups of coffee uh, a month in your couch cushions, you can help keep the show going for years to come. That is the 100 by 300, 100 members by the 300th show. Join now at thejazzsession.com. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of the show is available for free in iTunes and at thejazzsession.com, where you'll also find Amazon links to purchase the music you hear on the show. And if you do it that way, a little bit of the money comes back to the Jazz Session. And you'll find a membership section. Just click on the Join button at the top of the page or on the left side of the page. And for as little as 10 bucks a month or $110 a year, you can help support the Jazz Session and the 100 by 300 campaign. 100 members by the 300 show. Today's show features Matt Jorgensen. Uh, he's a drummer, and he's got a brand new record out called Tattooed by Passion, music inspired by the paintings of Dale Chisman. Uh, it's a really wonderful album, and uh, the artwork that's included with it, this is one of those albums that I would recommend you know, purchasing in its physical form, because it's got a lot of cool stuff in it uh, in terms of essays and artwork uh, by Dale Chisman. The album begins with this composition called Space, Plane, and Line.
My guest is drummer and composer Matt Jorgensen. He has a a new record out called Tattooed by Passion, music inspired by the paintings of Dale Chisman. And it's my pleasure to welcome Matt to the show. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Well, I guess the obvious place to start is uh, is talking about uh, Dale Chisholm and uh, who who he was and why you decided to record an album inspired by his work. Uh, Dale was my uh, wife's father, um, who I, I've known now for twenty years. Uh, my wife Rebecca, we met when I was in New York um, in the mid nineties, and uh, Dale's uh, originally from Denver, lived in New York for a while, and then moved back to Denver. And he's he's kind of one of you know acknowledges one of Colorado's most well known abstract artists and um, so this is somebody you know who I've known for a long time and and he passed away in 2008 um, and so the project kind of came about from my wife and I going back and forth to Denver and kind of dealing with all the the stuff with his estate and you know all the remaining artwork and the paintings and everything. But really, the genesis of it was a lot of people might know me from you know doing the records. I've done five records with the group Match Organson 451, and and kind of at the time that this was happening, I was planning on writing another record for that group, and just kind of life took over, and I just didn't have time, and I didn't have any ideas, and I was kind of just you know had a huge case of writer's block, didn't write like anything I was doing, so I was. You know, we were dealing with all the stuff related to the artwork and and the estate, and in the process of it, we were living with almost you know living with the paintings in his studio. You know, we had them all out. We were categorizing them, cataloging them, and talking with that community in Denver. You know, the visual art community and painters. It kind of got me inspired as an artist in a different way you know it was kind of good to talk about the creative process and being an artist with people who weren't musicians and kind of what inspired them and and how i could take that into my own creative process so out of that i really got inspired by you know the paintings and the titles and just kind of you know dale chisman's process for creating art and that kind of gave me, I think, the confidence to kind of start a new project. And I kind of just used, you know, that vehicle of the art as a way to kind of break through what I was going through and, and kind of create, you know, a new sound, a new project for for myself and for the musicians I was working with.
uh, you just said, and you also say something similar in the liner notes to this record, that you started to realize that uh, Dale's art had been created in the same way that you create music. Can you expand on that? Talk more about what you mean by that. Uh, I think, you know, when I look at the art, you know, I like to look at it close, you know, you, you look at it from afar and you look at it close up because maybe it's, you know, just the way I... I think, or the way I create, or, you know, being a drummer and writing music, is that I like to look at all the layers of it, to look up close to see how, you know, paintings are actually made. And I remember um, John Bishop and myself, we, we were in Europe for the Meetum Conference, you know, kind of representing Origin Records, and going to the Picasso Museum, and just being amazed about how little paint he used. You know, a lot of the Picassos that were painted on wood, you know, it's like, it's a very thin, you know, amount of paint that was, was kind of used to create these things and you know the same thing like working looking at Dale's paintings that you see you know a lot of times he created an idea and then painted over that or just the layering of effects and that's something that I've done with my previous records you know when you're in the studio and you're able to take advantage of you know multi-track and do different things and kind of layer sound and layer effects so a lot of the some of the tunes on the record we went in you know, almost creating soundscapes or, you know, there's a tune called The Armory, which is written for The Armory Group, which was this group of artists and painters at the University of Boulder in the in the 60s. So just kind of trying to create a mood and, and, a, and a, you know, just a vibe to the music, similar to the way, you know, you would paint. A lot of times you don't find it on the first try and you're just kind of building and reapplying and trying new things and, and putting things together so that was kind of one of the things that kind of inspired me and that even like a tune at the at the end of the record savage grace was actually two different ideas that i kind of put together into this one you know overarching kind of piece at the end well i, I i'm interested if uh if your game and actually exploring that a little bit further um certainly people have been writing music based on paintings you know, for a long time, and the same you know with poetry, acrostic poetry that uses visual artists' inspiration. Um, I'm always really uh, interested in, you know, if you have one of Dale's paintings in front of you, and you say, "Okay, here's one that I feel like I could write a piece of music inspired by." What what are the next steps? What are the next questions that you ask yourself to begin that process? Um. Well, with this record, the first thing that that. I mean, it kind of took off by I was looking. We were looking through slides that he had of of old work, um, and I was just I've always been struck by he had a great way of titling tunes, and you know, especially for me, you're, you know, I think probably most jazz musicians we have a hard time you know coming up with creative titles because you're writing instrumental music. You're not you know writing lyrics to music where you know you know what the hook of the tune is, so that becomes the title. So. Uh, we were looking through all these tunes and uh, or all these slides of paintings, and I was like, "Man, these are great titles." <laughs> and you know, he did hundreds, hundreds, and hundreds of paintings, and so you just see, like, man, he just you know just really had a really creative sense for that. So the first title that struck me was "Tattooed by Passion," which is this painting which you can see in the in the album in the liner notes. So for that, I was it started out something as simple as that's a great title. If I write a tune, I want to borrow that title and. Know, have this tune called Tattooed by Passion, which ended up being one of the first things I, I kind of wrote. Um, and then from there, I was like, wow, that, that kind of that kind of worked. You know, I, that, so uh, from there, I was kind of looking at other paintings, and, and one of the other ones was a series called Space, Plane, and Line, 
where they, these are three paintings, which are, are very similar, but they use kind of different color palettes on each. And you can kind of tell, uh, Dale did this a lot, where he would do these series of paintings, which in a way, it's kind of working out. You know, you're working with this similar idea, which on those paintings is kind of this very circular um, pattern, uh, but, you know, using different colors kind of on each on, on each painting, but there's a similar motif. So I think with that one, it was that was one of the tunes I wrote with Tom Marriott, where we kind of started. You know, you can kind of the melody is very kind of circular, and, and kind of you know there's three variations of it, and it kind of you know works itself around in a kind of a circular motion is the way I think of that. But then you know there was other paintings where um, there's a tune Primal Script where it's these are two paintings which are very similar, which were done in the 70s. And what struck me on that one is there's just like, you can tell Dale, you know, dipped his hand in red paint and just kind of threw it on the canvas. So for me, um, I was, what, what, what I kind of took from that was, you know, 70, you know, New York City, lower Manhattan, 1970s. How do I convey a red, you know, throwing a red hand print on the, on the page? So, so it's stuff like that where it's each painting kind of has a different influence to me in kind of getting the creative juices going to to kind of you know create create songs and and you know and then even something like Savage Grace at the end of the album has very little to do with the painting in and of itself but you know I think the the history of that painting to the family is you know that was one of the paintings that Dale refused to sell um and hung on his living room wall, you know, up until the very end, and, and was one of the last things he saw. So, for, for me, you know, the Savage Grace, is, it's not exactly about the painting, but about, you know, the whole experience of this project. What has your uh, your wife's and your wife's family's response been to to this music and to the idea of the project uh, at all? I think it's uh, 
uh, for my wife, you know, I, 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 I did another interview where I was talking about it, and I said, you know, this is kind of, you know, this has been kind of my way of, of processing all this stuff, and, and, and I haven't gone through the loss of a parent, but, you know, as a spouse, somebody who has, you know, it kind of affects the whole family, and, you know, and so I think, you know, for a way, this has kind of been my kind of, you know, processing just kind of what we've gone through and, and kind of a, a creative outlet as to get get through that. I think for uh, for my wife, it's not, you know, a lot of it hasn't really been about, you know, Dale Chisholm, the painter. It's been about her dad. And, and now I think that a couple years has passed on since. It, it's It's kind of a... It, it, it's just—it's kind of like you know, it coming full circle in that um, it's, it's another way to kind of celebrate the legacy of her father and, and the remembrance of the whole thing, and, and to be a part of it. I think, and, and, and another thing that's kind of happening simultaneously is that there's going to be a retrospective of his paintings in Denver that that opens in January. So it's you know, this record is kind of coming out, and then the show's coming out. There'll be a book that will come out about it. So I, I think it's. You know, when when this kind of happens, when tragedy happens, there's kind of two ways you can deal with it. You know, and one of is just kind of celebrate the life and the times and the person. And I think this is kind of an extension of that. So, you know, I, I think the the response has been you know very uh, overwhelming, supportive because you know there's a lot of people who knew Dale and are really excited to hear the music and then there's there's people who know my music and know me who are excited to learn more about the paintings so I think it's just um, it's just been a very cool kind of experience to go through this Will you uh, tell people who's on this album with you? Yeah um, one of the things um, to get back to Dale and the paintings was that you know one of the things I was also struck by was how he would reinvent himself and not be afraid to do that as an artist in that you see a lot of times visual artists kind of you know they get success with one kind of approach to what they do and they kind of stay with that and, and he wasn't afraid to just you know throw everything out the window and start from scratch in terms of you, you know you look at his work in the 70s you work at his, look at his work in the 80s 90s 2000s uh, it's it's all very similar, but it's all completely different at the same time. So I think with when I one of the things is that when I did this record, I I wanted to break out from records that I've done in the past and kind of associate myself with kind of a new circle of musicians. So uh, on this record, I have Thomas Marion on trumpet and Mark Taylor on saxophone, who are longtime guys who I've worked with, but. Um, Mark is kind of the only holdover from from my 451 band. Um, but then I uh, used Corey Christensen on guitar, which is the first time I've done a record with guitar um, exclusively as a chordal instrument. So Corey Christensen, uh, who's a great guitar player from Salt Lake City, came up to do it. Um, Dave Captine on bass uh, from Portland is the first time I've used Dave on a record, and they just bring such a great, you know, a new and exciting sound. I think to to the, to the music I've done, and then uh, also on this record I have a classical string quartet uh, featured on three of the tunes, which again was is something that I've thought about for a long time of using, but really wanted to kind of change 
uh, and, and, and work on new sounds and kind of just new layers. And, and I think, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, it just adds new layers and new textures to the music. So it's kind of, the band's kind of half and half of completely new people that working for, with the first, for the first time. And then, you know, Tom, Tom Marriott and Mark Taylor, who I've had a long history with. Well, you talk about uh, you and uh, you and Thomas Marriott uh, co-composed uh, several of the tracks on this uh, record. What was that process like? Um, <clears throat> it was actually uh, really good, and it's the first time we've kind of done that. Um, and, and Tom is is kind of one of the guys. I think I I mentioned this in the liner notes. Is Tom was one of the guys who really kind of pushed me to. Um, get this project completed and 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 he was we both played in Hadley had played in Hadley Calman's band um for the last 3 years 3 or 4 years and we shortly after Dale passed away we had a gig with Hadley in Denver and I went down a couple days early and was doing some of the estate stuff and and staying at the house down there and Tom uh, and Hadley came over and, and spent some time at the studio and were, you know, went through and looked at the paintings and we, we sat down and had a dinner at the house and, and so Tom was kind of the most closely involved with the project and with the history and, and what was going on. So uh, the three tunes that we co-wrote together, I think a lot of them were me kind of sketching out kind of rhythmic, harmonic ideas and then uh, Tom wrote a melody over the top and then you know a lot of the, some of the stuff I tweaked or you know the, I wrote some of the harmony backing parts after that so it was kind of a you know which you're able to do now you know with the modern technology I think we were both on the road with different projects and you know I'd play something into with my keyboard into GarageBand and you know shoot a file off to Tom where where he was on the road and he would kind of record something on his laptop and send it back and so for us, it was a very kind of organic, just back and forth, trying out new ideas, uh, which I think resulted in, in some really cool tunes on this record. Have you done live performances of this music, Matt? 
Yeah, we've played this music live uh, a couple times. We did the Bump and Shoot Festival in Seattle, uh, and we did another. As you know, as we were working out some of the music, it kind of showed up on various 451 gigs. But I think we've done one official gig at Bump and Shoot, uh, but just with the jazz quintet. Now um, in Seattle, here we're in the middle of the Earshot Festival, and next week um, we're actually headlining at the Triple Door, which by the time you know those of you on the internet are listening to this it will have already happened but um so we're playing the triple door with the it's kind of the world premiere of the full band uh jazz quintet plus string quartet and the triple door is an amazing theater and, and we're we're actually putting up a 20-foot screen behind the stage and so the, the artwork is going to be projected behind the band while we're playing the music live so it'll be the first time we've played it all live with the full nine-piece band and the first time we've projected you know, done it with the images, which I think is is kind of a different. I mean, it's the optimum experience I think for the, for the listener to to hear this music in in a concert setting, to be able to see the artwork and see all that stuff. So we're all really excited about it and and looking forward to seeing if we can pull this off live. <laughs> Well, that was exactly uh, the, the question about whether you, you had or were planning to show the artwork at the same time was exactly the, where I was going with that. Uh, because I agree with you. I think it's uh, it would be great for people to have a chance to actually see the things that inspired the music they're listening to. Yeah, and I think for me it's, it's, it's fun to just you know have the record out and, and do some of these shows just because the project is so, you know, it's, it's kind of this large kind of project. Um, and I... I you know, you touched on it earlier, and I've gotten these questions before where it's like, well, were you in, you know, there's a lot of records where they do music and art together. Do you, you know, were you influenced by that or were you influenced by that, you know? And I really know, I really didn't check out any of that stuff um, just because, you know, this project, I didn't set out to make a, a record based on, on paintings. It just kind of naturally evolved based on what myself and my family was going through. So I, I think, for, for me, you know, the, the whole process of writing the music, recording the music, doing all the promotion uh, for the record, and now having the world premiere of doing it live, it, it's, it's kind of this, you know, every, it, it's kind of closure in a way to that process. And now I'm able to, you know, really get back into playing the music live, which is ultimately what I enjoy doing the most. Do you have kids, Matt? I do. I have a daughter who's uh, four and a half. It seems like this is a great, uh, you know, in the same way that the paintings will be around forever. It's it's great to have this uh, this musical testament as well. It seems like. Yeah, I I I, um, I, I was talking to my wife the other day because uh, we've had you know a couple really complimentary you know reviews come in for the record, and it's it's really nice that people you know get what i was was shooting for but you know talking to my wife it's like man what doing another record <laughs> what am i going to do now it's it's you know this one was so draining in, in just you know getting everything done and 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 doing the large-scale project it's like i almost want to go back to just do a trio record just to kind of cleanse the palette and and and, and do something um but I, I'm really proud of the fact that it's gonna, yeah, it, it, it's like you said, it's, it's something that you, you can't take away. It will always be there, and it will always be this document of this time in my family's life, and 
you know, my life as a, a musician and an artist. So, yeah, and I, I related that to the question about whether you had kids, because given that Dale's been dead a couple, two years and your daughter's only four and a half, so she was only two and a half when he passed away, and you know, this is this is one way to evoke his memory, to evoke memories that she otherwise will have a harder time generating because she was so young. Uh, it yeah. seems like this is a cool thing to be able to, you know, uh, something that most kids won't have for their their grandparents. Uh, yeah, and I think it's it's yeah, it's kind of funny because she still will, you know, she remembers him and we'll talk about you know Grandpa Dale and this and and I I think, uh, you know, one of the joys, which which I think you know most people need to you know which you forget when you're an adult is just like the joy of creating or you know doing stuff and you know my daughter just loves drawing and loves painting and loves doing stuff and i just i'm always amazed about how free she creates you know she'll just sit down and start drawing lines and drawing paintings and and um you know we she'd do you know when she's two she'd do these doodles and we'd you know we'd mail them to dale you know just you know presents from his granddaughter and he was he he was really you know so proud of it's kind of funny, you know, because he's here. He's, you know, this abstract artist, and you know, it was just typical. You know, would always wear black. You know, always had a black T-shirt on and black jeans, and you know, the kind of you know Manhattan in the '70s kind of you know New York downtown artist. But he was just you know so so excited whenever he would get a video or you know stuff from his granddaughter. So you know that was that was really cool. But you know that's I think the thing with my wife. Uh, it's just kind of a special connection, I think, is to see, you know, her, her daughter create and then, you know, to be able to to have that connection with her, her father. And just, you know, in a way it's kind of, you know, yeah, like, it, you know, life goes on and and, and things, things keep going. It just, you know, I think if we could just keep that freedom that, that children have in that way to create and just not be afraid to just try new things and just go for it. Keeping in mind that this will air in about three weeks, are there any other uh, performances or uh, upcoming events that you'd like to mention? I'm going to be on tour in November with um, 
Chad McCullough, trumpet player from Seattle, and uh, a, a piano player, uh, Mikal, I can't pronounce his last name, but uh, we, there's a new record on Origin with Chad and Mikal called um, The Sky Cries, which was recorded like a year ago, and it's um, I just heard it for the first time a week ago, and it's just it really turned out a, a really cool record. Um, and we're going to be on tour throughout Washington, Idaho in November, and then uh, kind of uh, whatever kind of comes up the rest of the year. But um, I know I'm doing, doing some stuff. Next year, um, for people who are in Philadelphia and New York, uh, the Tattooed by Passion Project will be in New York and Philadelphia at the end of March. So check out MattJorgensen.com for all kind of the latest tour dates that we do that stuff. But, yeah. That's music from drummer Matt Jorgensen and his album Tattooed by Passion on Origin Records. I'm Jason Crane. This is the Jazz Session, presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode is available on iTunes and at TheJazzSession.com, where you'll also find Amazon links to purchase the music that you hear on the show, and a new membership section. Just click on Join at the top of the page or the left side of the page and become a member of The Jazz Session and support the 100 by 300 campaign. My thanks to the Respect Sextet for providing the theme music of this show since day one. They've got a brand new record called Farcical Built for Six that you'll find at RespectSextet.com. Thanks also to Dave Rabel, who designed the Jazz Session logo. Thanks so much for listening. Now get out there and support live jazz whenever and uh, wherever you can, and then come back here next time for another conversation about jazz on the Jazz Session.
Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.